0: That's NOom.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is August 4th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Jack Flaherty, 6 innings, one hundred in run, 4 hits, 2 walks, and 8 Ks, 37% CSW, 19 whiffs. Got the King Cole for his debut for Baltimore against Toronto. That's pretty dang cool, isn't it? He threw 97 in that first inning. I mean, he came down through that. The start it was sitting 94 by the end. But really cool to see that adrenaline as we expected to be there. Um, also really cool to see that the Orioles leaned more, more in cutters than Flaherty did before. Keep in mind, obviously, some of those were probably sliders and not cutters. But still, I watched this one. Good emphasis on it. It was a much better pitch for him than I've seen in the past from him. And it's going to be a little bit worse for Flaherty in the future starts because this was amped up a little bit. But if that is actually a new change to throw more cutters and those were effective, that might be something. Also, I do not want to underestimate the impact of pitching for Baltimore. Ali Rutschman is a fantastic pitch caller, a fantastic influence behind the plate. I think you know, you see the whole problem with the Cardinals um, with Wilson Contreras at the beginning of the year and the game planning that was a void left by Yadier Molina leaving that they didn't really address. Ali Rutschman does a really good job back there. So I do like Flaherty much more so with Baltimore. It is an easier schedule than anyone else in the AL East. Doesn't mean it's an easy schedule. It's just better than their opponents. It's a winning ball club. You have Baltimore as well. I'm really happy with this. Um, just don't expect him to go a one whip, one run, and eight Ks with 19 whips and 37% CSW. Okay? It's good stuff, Jack Flaherty. Uh, Brady Singer dominated again. Eight innings, zero in runs, three hits, zero walks, four Ks. It does feel like Singer's figuring it out. I want to warn you because we've had moments where Singer has, quote, figured it out before, and we haven't really seen a lot of it last year, uh, across this year. Now, it's not just luck. Like, the reason he's a cherry bomb is because there are certain days that he really is locked in and he does amazing things and deserves it. And Singer is absolutely amazing with his slider right now. It is so precise that it is repeating the same thing over and over again exactly where we want it to be. He's also accurate, which is good, right? Accuracy is just, are you hitting around the target? And precision is doing the same thing over and over again. Singer is doing both, which is great. I love it. It's fantastic. And I really hope it sticks around. I think we just keep going with it. Um, But then again, it's also the Red Sox. So which do you think is more of a weight? Either Singer in this groove that we've seen also falter before, or the Red Sox being that good of an offense? I'm probably going to lean with the Red Sox being that good of an offense. But I'll probably put him at the top of questionable start because I do recognize that if he is this um, locked in with this command, it will stick around for Brady Singer. Shoei Otani was looking great with 40% sweepers and more velocity on his fastball, but then he had cramps in his fingers, so he left the game early in four innings. It stinks. It happens. He was really upset about it, but, you know, it's what happens, and we keep moving on. Uh, Julio Urias against Athletics. Five innings of 0 and runs. That was a plan from the beginning, so don't worry about the low pitch count at 68 pitches. That was just because they wanted to say, look, it was only five innings. We're going to do that. Good to see the curve at 48% CSW. did exactly what he was supposed to do against Oakland, and that's cool. Low CSW at 22%, but everything's fine here. Uh, Scala Alexander opened for a bullpen game. It was Mania for like 10 pitches. Like, okay, we move on. Uh, we have Brandon Fought on the other end, and I actually, I remember this yesterday when I was doing the whole fought thing. I was like, you know what? I just don't want to lean into this. I don't want to go for it, and because I didn't buy the seven whiffs from his fastball last time, which only had two in this game. And the sweeper and change were much worse last time. And even though it's in San Francisco, I just don't want to deal with this and I don't want to do it. But what happens? He gets a gold star because Brandon fought in San Francisco, went seven innings of one earned run, two hits, one walk, and seven strikeouts. What the heck? Well, that sweeper, 85% strikes. <laughs> what? That's insane. 10 out of 33 whiffs on it. Whoa. Okay. Um, The changeup was terrible, though. Sub 50% strike rate right there. And we have to ask ourselves, do we think it's going to be an 85% strike rate? Do we think it's going to be a 45% CSW pitch? No. The four-seamer still just two whiffs. Be careful. This was a really good matchup against uh, the Giants in Oracle Park. That's all I want to say. Uh, I don't think that Fought is all of a sudden now the guy we wanted him to be at the beginning of the year. No. He needs to have that four-seamer dominating upstairs for me to to believe in this long term and it was also just a lot of sweepers over the plate lots of cult strikes with this one um we have adrian hauser against pittsburgh it's a, it's a win great stuff <laughs> i mean like he just chucks sinkers and four seamers and the sinker is an 80th plus percentile plv sinker which is good um it's still only a 503 plv and keep in mind that percentile stuff like sliders are generally still better than those sinkers like a 50th percentile slider is better than an 80th percentile sinker um, but, uh, it's a 157 whip entering this game yesterday, so, like, you know the risk that you're, you're putting yourself in, um, that you're taking, I should what I should say, as you start Adrian Hauser, so, glad it worked here, I just, I just don't buy it, um, Michael Lorenzen against the Marlins, got the win, 8 innings, 200 runs, 6 hits, 1 walk, and 5 Kays. I kind of thought that the Marlins would be better than average as an offense. They had a Jake Berger. They had a Josh Bell. It, f- it feels like they've been better than like the bottom of the barrel. Um, but maybe like, I'm just saying my barometer for like, where do we want to start Lorenzen? Uh, because I just don't think that he's that good with good offenses, but he's, you know, the schedule is still great. It's Lorenzen next. Sorry. It's Nationals next <laughs> for the Phillies and Lorenzen. So fine. We just keep starting him. Uh, he's on easy mode where he doesn't need to face the the tough opponent. so whatever, you keep going with him. Signing great against the Cardinals, got the win, 7 innings, 200 runs, really good job putting away batters with the sweeper, didn't throw many of them, but when he, he needed to, he got the results of a strikeout, which is great. Curve did well inside the zone, same with the sinker and the four-seamer. That's nice, 0 walks and 8 strikeouts, we'll take this all day. I uh, probably won't stick around, but Maybe it's, it is a hot streak for Sonny Gray. That's cool. Uh, Brian Wu against the Angels. I avoided this one because the Angels got better as an offense, and Wu did not have a good four-seamer last time. Uh, six innings, 2 mid-runs, four hits, two walks, and six strikeouts. And good stuff here with seven whiffs on the four-seamer. Sinkers were also solid arm side, which is a really big thing for me with Wu. Um, I see that as the potential Wheeler and Alcantara method. If you are If you have a formation of four-seamer whiffs, the top of the zone its really good. I mean, Wu has an excellent We know this throughout the entire season. Faltered last time. I didn't know if that was going to be a trend down. It's not great. I'm going to get rid of that idea from my mind now. Um, and if you compare it with those time sinkers, then it really opens a door for not even having the best secondary pitch. You just need something decent. Look at Wheeler. It's like Wheeler does not have an elite slider, right? And he does what he does. So I'm excited about this. I wonder over time if he can develop it. It is a growing trend. It's four guys. On the Mariners that we've been waiting to see that big whiff pitch from in their secondaries, right? Gilbert, Kirby, Bryce Miller, Brian Wu. I hope one of them gets it. <laughs> and honestly, the offseason going to drive line might be it. So we'll see. We'll see what we get there. He gets the Padres next. I don't know if I want to do that. I also wonder if Brian Wu gets shut down soon. It might also be a case where Brian Wu isn't shut down, like where he goes to the minors and comes back. It really depends, I think, on the Mariner situation. I think they're going to continue to start Wu in the short term and see how well they're doing playoff-wise uh, and utilize this for now. Um, I don't know. It, essentially, I think if they feel like they're out of the playoff run, they just start him and they shut him down. If they feel like they're really competitive with it, they might give him a break in September for like two weeks and then bring him back uh, or something like that. I honestly can't tell you. Um, we just keep holding on, I guess, until that happens. Jameson Tyone against the Reds got the win. Five innings, two more runs, but seven hits and two walks and five Ks. I don't know. He's a bit singled out. I call him a Vargasol, I guess, right now, if you want. I I really think that Jameson Tyone, it's really nice to see him do well. It's just, I don't really think he squeezes enough out of what he does. Or I'm sorry. He is squeezing everything out of what he does. I don't think he has enough to actually showcase this being a sustainable trend for him. Clark Schmidt survived against the Astros. Huge props, honestly. Five innings, two runs, four hits, one walk, four Ks. I really... It's kind of like Tyone, where I think it's not that exceptional what he does. Um, I'm glad the the sweeper was good inside the zone. The cutter and the curve were very wild. Um, the sinker's still not a good pitch. He's throwing less of them. I just feel like Schmidt is not that great. Uh, and the ceiling is low, while the floor is also low. Um, but he's not hitting that, he's essentially pitching at his ceiling, I think, a lot here, and that's not fun for me. There are a lot of other guys to talk about, um, obviously Sears and Scherzer and Javier and many others. We're gonna talk about all of those, and of course, today and tomorrow starters after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. JP Sears against the Dodgers, five innings of 200 runs, but everything else was bad. He got a loss. He got six hits, three walks, five Ks. Blah. Did not have the sweeper that I saw last time, which is annoying, but then he gets Texas, and we we're going to bench him there, but then it's the Cardinals and Royals after that, and they were pretty much smooth sailing, I think, with Sears after that, so I'd hold for that one. Scherzer got 21 whiffs in his debut for the Rangers, which is great with nine strikeouts, got a win, but it's a very poor quality start with 300 300- runs <laughs> in six innings, excuse me, seven hits and two walks. Ah! So like the ERA, which has been over four, which doesn't feel like it's been over four for Scherzer, is still over four and the whip is bad. It's like, does he really deserve the He's gonna Ace is going to Ace Lab? And I say yes, because this is kind of why he has that four ERA, not because he, you know, this is like normal. You're happy you got your nine Ks. You got your win. It's one earned run off from being good and the whip is kind of bad. You know, it's like it's still like fine. Like, okay, fine. Uh, Christian Javier against the Yankees 4.2 innings, 300 runs, 4 hits, 3 walks, 4 Ks I was expecting more from the breaker Nope, we got around 40% strikes on the slider Come on, Javier <sighs> You're so close You are so, so unbelievably close To just being so good again And we know the 4 seamers good And it's just <sighs> Figure it out uh, Gosman against the Orioles 4.1 innings, 300 runs, 8 hits, 2 walks, 6 Ks It's a one-night bland As he got singled out on the, on, uh, the hits It's just, that's it uh, I remember that used to be his thing, having a terrible bab right? And ha- went away for so long. Hopefully, Gosman um, doesn't actually have that trend again. Uh, Johnny Cueto against the Phillies. Honestly, close to being productive. It was six innings of four and runs, but five hits, two walks, four Ks. We were close. Really good pitch separation. But he is in Cincy next. So we're not doing that one. Uh, but it's, yeah, he will be a streamer for me, Johnny Cueto. I don't think he's a Toby. I don't think that you need to hold on to him. But like, maybe he can have a little bit of a Vargas rule. Um, starting soon after the matchups are it's just not terrible. Tukey Desant against the Rangers. We knew the curveball wasn't going to be enough, and uh, this just is not what you want to do. The put-away put away rate was really good, so we had nine strikeouts. That's not going to stick around, but it was 5.1 innings of four and runs, five hits, four walks for Tukey. Now we get the Yankees, I don't want to do that, even though it's the Yankees. Luke Weaver against the Cubs. I, I really got to give him props, um, Luke Weaver. Uh, three innings, four and in runs, four hits, four walks, five Ks, because he's trying... And we talked to him in 2020, and I couldn't find that podcast for whatever reason. It wasn't on the network, um, which is strange. I think it just kind of got lost in the shuffle when we moved around. But I have the audio file, and uh, I remember at one point, he said that you're either born a spin guy or a change-up guy. And Weaver was always a change-up guy, right? It was a fastball change-up. But guess what? He's not throwing a change-up now. He's actually going cutter and curve and all this other stuff, and it's kind of cool that he's trying to make this work. Um, so... Props to that, 14 whiffs and 31% CSW, there is something there, but yeah, we're just absolutely not there, especially, I mean, this was the Cubs too. Matthew Libertor is still throwing softer, it's 93, not 92, and the slider's not good, and nope, um, against the Twins, 5.2 innings and earned runs, don't touch that. Do not touch Carlos Carrasco, even, go, even though it was the Royals, it was 0Ks, 6 innings and six 600 runs and 8 hits, 1 walk, so no thanks. And Mitch Keller, I am so disappointed in myself. Um, I justified starting him against the Brewers because of the Philly start which I watched and I felt like he was much better as it got on. And I felt like, okay, this is more of the Mitch Keller we saw at the beginning of the year so we should be good and we we're like in this purgatory of him right now. Is it really this bad or not? And I should have realized that was a Dennis. And the Dennis is something that shows up and doesn't stick around for long. So kind of like the downward trend where you have like a small spike up and then it goes even further down. And it's Atlanta next, like move on from Mitch Keller. I really... Yeah, it's just that we're at that point right now with Mitch Keller. I'm so sorry um, for bringing you back in a little bit last time. Uh, looking forward to today and tomorrow's starters, we have Luis Castillo, Aaron Nola, James Paxson. Um Clear stuff there. Even though it's Paxson against the Jays, I'm going for it. I feel like if he does well here, this is the ace is going to ace start. Probable start is Bailey Ober, Bobby Miller, Reed Detmers, Jordan Montgomery, Hugh Darvish, Hunter Brown, Dean Kramer, Jesus Lizardo, and Merrill Kelly. Um, nothing really to talk about here. I mean, you Darvish against the Dodgers is a little bit strange, but fine. Um, I think we still go with it. Reed Detmers uh, and Bobby Miller. I think Bobby Miller is higher against the Padres because he's in a really good spot, honestly, with his stuff. Well, Detmers hasn't quite been as consistent, even though he's faced tough teams. This is a much better one against the Mar- uh, Mariners. Now, Hunter Brown against the Yankees, I'm still going to do it, even though his his command's been a little bit off. Jesus Lazardo against the Rangers is very scary because they're still a top five offense against lefties now. They were worse before, now they're much better. Yeah, I still do it. Luzardo, I think, is borderline ace. Um, if he does well here, he will get his ace. Is going to ace. Um, Merrill Kelly against the Twins. He didn't have his command last time. Uh, Questionable start tier. A lot of people wanted me to push Max Fried into the other tier, but Cubs are good, man. And is it still ill? And it just feels like no. Win chance is not as high as you think here. Uh, Colin Ray against the uh, Pirates is my stream pick of the day. Really good sweepers last time. Pirates are not very good. This could work out well. Logan Allen is okay against the White Sox. I don't really love this. He's a Toby, and I guess you could make it work against the White Sox, but he's down in velocity as well. And Graham Ashcraft could just chuck cutters and sliders and make it work against the Nationals, but I don't love it whatsoever. Do not start here. I was actually kind of tempted to put Zach Little into the questionable start here and watch him do well. I'm just going to make, like, what was I doing? Um, as he gets the Tigers, as he might go five-plus innings, and he had a decent Blake Snell blueprint last time, so that could work. Reese Olson against the Rays. the stuff's not there enough. The slider's good, but everything else, the fastball change, not good enough. Mike Clemager, no thank you against the Guardians. Kyle Hendricks gets to Atlanta. David Peterson's not in a place I don't want to start him. Alec Manoa, um, no way, at Boston. Adam Wainwright, Quinn Priester, Jordan Lyles, Patrick Corbin, Luis Severino, and Chris Flexen. Just don't start any of those. Looking forward to tomorrow. Corbin Burns, Justin Verlander, George Kirby, Andrew Abbott, Kenta Maeda, and Blake Snell are in that top tier. Blake Snell's at the bottom because it's the Dodgers. The toughest matchup by far in this chi- in this tier. And the walk rate's been so high, the Dodgers are so, so scary. So that might go south, especially with the whip. Probable start tier, you have Christopher Sanchez, Steven Mattson, Savali as these really good matchups. And guys that are in good places going. So I love all three of these. Steven Matz is the stream pick of the day. Savali, his oh, debut for the uh, the Rays, is going to be kind of interesting. And on the other side of that, as he faces the the Tigers, you have Tarek Skubel against the Rays. And I have him at the bottom, probably will start. Because I think last start was very strange with the fastball coming just being worse a bit. And we've seen him throw much better fastballs so far. The velocity is there. They are elite fastballs. And I think that's going to do well against the Rays. Who are not as amazing um, offensively as they were in the beginning of the year. They did get a little bit more hot recently, but still, I think that's good enough to do it. Questionable start to you. I mean, they don't scare me like the Dodgers do, for example, the Rays. Questionable start here. Jose Barrios actually in Fenway is scarier to me, uh, and uh, I don't love that. So it's top of questionable. On the other side of it is Nick Pavetta hosting the Jays. He's been in a really good place um, with that slider, but also we've seen a history of being volatile. So it's questionable start against the Jays. Paul Blackburn is going against Ross Stripling. It's kind of interesting to see these pairings of uh, three straight <laughs> of teams of like this guy and that guy just happens to be that way. Paul Blackburn and Ross Stripling in debate which one I want more. And I eventually went with Paul Blackburn because I do think that there is more of an opportunity um, with his stuff, what he throws with a really good slider that we saw and higher emphasis of it. And both of these matchups, like facing the Giants or facing the Athletics in Oko is both just amazing for both pitchers. But who's going to be the one that has the biggest opportunity to go longer and um, has had more more success? I think that's Blackburn overall for the year. Uh, Ross Stripling does not have the old changeup, which is a little annoying. It's a good slider, but that's the reason why I didn't do it. The argument for him, though, is that it's a higher win chance because it's the Giants instead of the Athletics. But, yeah, I'm just going to put Blackburn ahead. Uh, Kyle Gibson... John Gray, Tyler Anderson, and Bryce Elder round out the questionable start tier. Gibson's on a hot stretch, but you never know what you're going to get. John Gray has been delayed, and we don't really know if he's going to come out with that good fastball. I know the slider's going to be there, but is the fastball going to be there against Miami? Um, We have Tyler Anderson, who is in a good spot, I think, with the changeup, and the Mariners could give in to that, but we don't really know what we're going to get there. And Bryce Elder, who did well against the Brewers, gets the Cubs, and like the Cubs are so good right now. Be careful with us. Uh, do not start here. It's Noah Sendegaard, Ryan Nelson, Tyler McGill, Nestor Cortez, and is still ill against the Astros. Alec Marsh. Luis Ortiz is coming back to rotation because Rich Hill is gone. I wonder where we're going to get there against the Brewers. Trevor Williams, Michael Kopech, who was way down to 93 miles per hour last time. Ryan Yarbrough against the Padres, who were so good against the lefties, but it is for the Dodgers, but that's not going to be fun. Ty Bloch and Ryan Weathers and Hayden Musneski is in the rotation again. Don't know how many pitches are going to let him go because he threw only 40 last time. And it's Atlanta, so absolutely not. All right, that is it for today's episode. Uh, Thanks so much for all your support. And I'm going to be here through the end of the year. Let's win you your fantasy leagues. Make sure to get PL Plus to keep the conversation going inside of our Discord because that is a place to get up-to-the-minute information for your leagues and also answer all your questions across all of our staff throughout the day. It's an amazing community, uh, and we make sure that it is only good. It is not just spam and ridiculousness. Like, we actually uh, curate how, uh, how we handle ourselves inside of that community. It's fantastic. Anyone will tell you who's inside of it. But that is it. So, my name is Nick Pollock, and me, your bounce below, and your strikeouts high.